0: Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that we stand before a God whose promises are yes and amen. We thank you, Lord, today that you are faithful in every single way. And we're so grateful to you, Jesus. We're so grateful, Jesus, that when you promise something, you don't take it back. Lord, you are true to your word. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Praise God. Well, it's great to be uh, here today to share the word of God with you and I trust you enjoyed that wonderful rich time of praise and of worship and I just want to say thank you to Camille, Lauren and, uh, and Phil and Tino for leading us in worship this morning um, and so grateful for everyone that's involved not just in front of the cameras but behind the cameras as well uh, to make this happen every Sunday morning so thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I just want to take you back to Sunday the 22nd of November when we had our Refocus meeting. And at Refocus, Pastor Andy shared a message on rebuilding. And he shared that we're coming into a time of rebuilding and... Uh, rebuilding many parts of the church, what elements of the church looks like. He said that we're going to end up being a hybrid church, that everything's not going to go back to how it was, that would be wrong if it did. But also there's things that we've learned during this time that we're going to bring and we're going to... Combine all of those things, um, all the new things that we sense that that God wants to do in his church, and we're going to be a hybrid church, which is exciting. Um, He talked about Nehemiah and how Nehemiah and the people had a mind to work, how um, when they were rebuilding the walls of um, Jerusalem, there was lots of distractions, lots of opposition. The enemy was was coming against everything that they were doing, but the people had a mind to work. And in 52 days, they were able to uh, restore the walls of Jerusalem. They didn't just repair. They didn't do repairs. They did rebuilding. And uh, we're really excited about what is next. Andy also said during that time that, you know, if, if this this time that we're in right now goes on for 52 Um, weeks, that's the whole year isn't it, and uh, we're really believing that in 52 days uh, we're going to uh, claim back and rebuild all of those things that that need to be rebuilt after this. In Nehemiah 2.18 the people declared let us rise up and build and we are trusting and we are expecting church that um, as we come into the next season which we really sense is is just about to happen that we as a church family have this statement in our hearts and on our lips let us rise up and build we believe that this is prophetic for us at this time and today I'm going to talk a little bit more about Building, about rebuilding. Uh, The title of what I'm sharing today is Arise and Rebuild. Now, before I do, if you haven't yet listened to that message from our refocus meeting on the 22nd of November, you can find that on our YouTube channel. And also, um, you can find last week's message on our YouTube channel. So, if you want to find our YouTube channel, just type in FC Live into YouTube and and then you'll find the Family Church uh, logo. And you can click on that, you can find all the videos that we've done certainly over the last year, probably beyond that um, on there. So now before I I talk about that, um, Steve's message last week, wasn't it brilliant? Don't shrink back. What a wonderful challenge that he gave us last week. Don't shrink back. Let's be a people that believe big, that speak big, that live big. And I just want to honour Steve and say good job, Steve. He is such a good speaker and we are blessed with some fantastic speakers in the family church. All of our pastors, big shout out to all of our pastors today. You guys are absolutely awesome. Now, um, Steve spoke last week about not being people who are just called to be consumers, um, but we're called to be disciples who are consumed with the purposes of God. And my prayer is today that, that even as I share this morning, that we'll become people who are even more consumed with the purposes of God. So let me uh, set a bit of background first of all this morning. Now, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied that the Jewish people would spend 70 years in captivity in Babylon. And this happened after King Nebuchadnezzar led three campaigns against Judah. Now, the last of Nebuchadnezzar's campaigns ended in 586 BC. For those of you who are historians, I'm sure you're like, quite excited right now about dates. So 586 BC was when Jerusalem was ransacked and set on fire. It was burned down by the Babylonian army. And that's when the last of, of those who were going to be taken into exile, into captivity in Babylon, were taken. Now, God allowed this 70 years of captivity to happen. You say, how do you know that God allowed it? Well, it happened, didn't it? So God allowed it. Um, Yet God was working behind the scenes prior to that, during that time, and of course, after that time. God was working behind the scenes to bring about the release of the remnant of his people who were taken into captivity, who remained faithful to the Lord, who kept believing And and, and in their hearts, they always had returning to Jerusalem in their hearts to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city. And so when we look at that compared to the time that we're living in at the moment, I'm not saying that God's people are in captivity at the moment, but there has been an element of our freedom or religious freedom as Christians that's been taken away for a season. Now, I'm not saying. Uh, We're in a place where we can't have relationship with Jesus. We absolutely can have relationship with Jesus and we must have relationship with Jesus. Hopefully um, most of you who are watching today have some kind of relationship with Jesus and hopefully as I speak today you're going to be inspired to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Um, But there has been an element of of captivity during this time, an element of our freedom as Christians has been taken away for a season. In many countries, including the UK, the response to this wicked virus called coronavirus that has ransacked many families, just as Jerusalem was ransacked, um, has been to put restrictions on people. That's what the government have done. And these restrictions have probably saved many lives, I'm sure they have, but um, they've also caused many to feel very isolated and kind of like they're in a place of captivity there have been restrictions put on us as christians that have left many people feeling almost spiritually exiled from the family of god or from god's holy nation some have shrunk back and some have lost their relationship with jesus Whereas others have remained faithful during this time. And even others have grown closer to Jesus during this time. And it's wonderful, actually, as a pastor, you hear all the good bits and all the bad bits. Uh, And I, um, obviously... We care about the bad bits, but I get very excited about the good bits. And it's been wonderful to see individual people within our church family find a new passion for Jesus during this time. There's been several people who I'm aware of who have just soared in their relationship with God. And I think that's absolutely awesome and and you know who you are and you probably know that I'm thinking of you as I'm speaking this morning Um, but I'm also aware that there's many many others uh, that I'm not aware of who have also grown much stronger in their relationship with God sadly during this time there are those who have shrunk back you know what if you're watching this today whatever category you fall into what really matters is what you do next it's what you do now and I, I want to challenge you on on that this morning so This season that we're currently in, has God allowed it? Well, yes, he's allowed it because it has happened. However, I believe that God is working behind the scenes to bring about the release of his people, just as the Jewish people were released from captivity after those 70 years. I believe that we're about to step into an incredible time of rebuilding, as Pastor Andy was speaking about on the 22nd of November. I want to speak a little bit more about that today. I believe that we are about to step into an incredible time of rebuilding, just as the Jewish people experienced after their captivity in Babylon. So what happened that led to the release of the Jewish people out of captivity? Well, in 539 BC, Cyrus, who had just become the king of Persia, conquered Babylon. And just a year later, he began sending the Jewish people back to Judea to begin rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. So there was a change of government and Cyrus, the king of Persia, stepped onto the scene. And a year after he became ruler of the Persian Empire, he began to release the Jewish people back from captivity. Now, I I absolutely love what happened here because this Cyrus, this King Cyrus was Cyrus the Great, the the founder of the Persian Empire, the ruler of the Persian Empire, and he is the very same king who was prophesied about. He was named in a prophecy by Isaiah more than a hundred years before he was even born, and he was named in a prophecy. and Isaiah said that this Cyrus would release God's people from captivity, and this was before they were even in captivity. Wow. God was working behind the scenes prior to all of this happening. And it was prophesied that he would issue a decree allowing the Israelites to return to their homeland from exile to rebuild the temple. So I just want to read to you a scripture from Second Chronicles 36, 22 to 23. And this is an account of what happened. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, um, the word of the Lord... Uh, came by the mouth of... Sorry, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. What did Jeremiah... What was his word? It was that the Jewish people would be in captivity for 70 years. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Just let me highlight that to you. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. This king who had come into this place of rulership who for no reason would favour the Jewish people, yet his heart was stirred. And his heart was stirred so that um, he made a proclamation throughout all of his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of, of heaven has given to me. And he commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who among you? Who is among you of all his people? May the Lord his God be with him and let him go up. Wow. So King Cyrus, his heart was stirred by the Lord, it says. His heart was stirred to release God's people and send them back to build a house for the Lord in Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple. Now, I believe that at this time, God is working behind the scenes at a global level. And I believe that he is stirring the hearts of political leaders for the good of his people. There is a lot of doom and gloom. There is uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Um, but I, I really sense that God has been speaking to me through scripture. And I want to prophesy over the church on a global scale this morning. And you might, you might be laughing to yourself, you might be thinking, who is he to prophesy to the church on a global scale? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. And I prophesy that the hearts of political leaders throughout this world are going to be stirred by the Lord to, uh, for the good of God's people. For the good of God's people to give the release, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the city walls, which we're going to talk about in a bit. I believe that we are going to see the church, and I include family church in this, we're going to see the church arise in this time like never before, that true worship will be restored and that we're going to take back ground that the enemy has stolen in Jesus' name. So there. So if God's working behind the scenes, as he was with King Cyrus, is there anything that we need to do? I mean, if if God's going to do this anyway, what do we need to do? Do we just sit back and you know, shrink back, get comfortable and watch. No, I believe that there is something massive that we need to do. We need to be a people who watch and pray. We need to be a people who are watching and praying during this time and a people who are ready to move, ready to arise when God says. So, My first point today is that we are to be a people who watch and pray. As Steve said last week, it would be easy to shrink back at this time. And there were many Jews in captivity who didn't return to Jerusalem at the first opportunity. Only a a small number in comparison to how many were in captivity, actually returned on the first opportunity. Some of the Jews went later on, and some actually didn't return from captivity at all. Perhaps they'd grown comfortable in this this place of captivity where they now were. Perhaps they were put off by the upheaval of having to move again, by the journey that was ahead of them, or by the hard work that they felt that they would need to do. Well, it says in Ezra, chapter 1, verse 5 these these wonderful words it says then the heads of the fathers houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and all the levites with all whose spirits God had moved arose to go up and to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem and what i'm speaking about t- today is entitled arise and rebuild and I believe that we as a church family, we as God's people, our hearts are being stirred at this time to arise, to get moving, to go up and rebuild the house of the Lord. There's so much of the house of the Lord, of God's church that is strong and that possibly is stronger than ever before. But there's other areas, other elements of the church um, that we're going to need to put all of our effort in. And, and I really believe that that is the, the plan of God at this time, uh, that hearts are being stirred to be ready to arise and go and rebuild. So we've got to be ready for when God opens this door. I think it's going to be imminent. Don't wait for others to go first. Let's all arise. Hey, what, let's not just go in, in dribs and drabs. Let's all arise and go together what strength there is in unity, what strength there is in going together into what God has next for us as a church family. Let's arise together and go and build together. Amen. Now, prior to the Jews returning to Jerusalem from exile, there were many who were watching and praying. Many of the Jewish people at this time, they were watching what was going on. Even In the spiritual realm, in the prophetic realm, they were watching and they were aware that something was going to happen and they were praying into that. And this is something that we're all called to do at all times. Something that's very important, I believe, for this season that we're in at the moment. Jesus commanded his disciples to watch and pray so that they would stay focused, didn't he? Do you remember that in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. In other words, stay focused, stay on course, be ready for what happens next. And Jesus said to them, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is. Is weak, And it feels like that's how the Jews were in in their captivity. Many of them in their flesh had grown very comfortable, had shrunk back, were just enjoying this, this, not enjoying this time in captivity, but they'd got used to this time in captivity. And the thought of the upheaval and the journey and the hard work that would be ahead was was too much for many of them. Um, And so let's make sure that as our spirit is stirred, um, we're not just willing in spirit, but we're strong in flesh as well. Our flesh likes the comfortable and the reasonable, but the kingdom of God is neither comfortable nor reasonable. And if you've been in family church for any time, I hope that is your experience of the kingdom of God. That it's not a comfortable thing and it's not a reasonable thing. Like returning to Jerusalem for the Jewish people. It wasn't comfortable, it wasn't reasonable, but they did it because God was leading the way. Now in Ephesians chapter 6, we're reminded to put on the whole armour of God and to be prayerful and watchful, it uses both of those words in that passage to be prayerful, praying always with all prayer and supplication for all the saints, and being watchful as well in first Peter four verse seven we 're told, but the end of all things is at hand First Peter four verse seven it says, "But the end of all things is at hand, so it 's speaking of the end times that we 're living in, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers when my daughter uh, impersonates her daddy when daddy's got a stern voice it sounds like this daddy's being stern at the moment and uh, maybe that's that's uh, there's, there's something to learn from from this uh, passage here about being serious and watchful in our prayers you know there's there's lots of fun to be had um, in this Christian journey God's kingdom is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, but there's also a time to be serious. And I I think we're in a, a time of seriousness now where we have to knuckle down, where we have to truly be watching what is happening on a spiritual level and praying as well. And it says then, above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. That's absolutely wonderful. So in these end times in which we live, God's people are called to be watching. Watching. Watch and pray. Watching so that we're ready and aware of what is happening and we're ready to move when God moves. Remember the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25? The issue that they had was that they weren't watching. They were, they'd fallen asleep, all ten of them. They'd fallen asleep and they weren't ready. It's also vital in these times that we're praying. Our prayers help prepare the way for what God wants to do. And let's go back to King Cyrus. I believe the Jewish people were watching and praying at this time. And um, uh, their prayers helped prepare the heart of the king for the word of the Lord that he received, which was that he should make a proclamation throughout the land to all the Jewish people that they should return to Jerusalem and the house of the Lord, the temple, should be rebuilt. So it's important that we're watching and praying. But also, the second part of that scripture that we just read from 1 Peter, it says, have fervent love for one another. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. During the last nine months, the enemy has endeavoured to divide God's people through many different means. And we have sometimes witnessed Christians Being very unloving to one another, quite mean to one another sometimes. And I don't believe there's a place for that in God's kingdom. I believe that we're to be a people who have fervent love for one another. And that is a decision that we make, that we are going to fervently love one another in these times. Let's not ever allow disunity um, to, to have its way in our church. And I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful for the, I've been a part of this journey for basically the whole time. I'm so grateful that Family Church is in a place of strength and unity. But let's watch, because that's one of the enemy's biggest strategies, is to bring disunity. Now if the Jews had been divided when Cyrus sent out this proclamation for them to go and rebuild the temple, then it just wouldn't have happened. I love that the Jews returned as one nation, not as individual tribes. They returned as one nation. Their success was in their unity and their togetherness. Family church, let's be people who have fervent love for one another. Let's protect our unity, stand together in all that the Lord is calling us to do in the coming months. Amen. Now... Let's go back to Cyrus again. Daniel was one of those Jewish people who was watching and praying during this time when Cyrus became king. And perhaps his and their prayers opened spiritual doors for events that led to Cyrus making this proclamation his heart was stirred something was going on behind the scenes and I believe the prayers of God's people were very much involved with this when I was reading the book of Daniel I was reminded what Daniel did in chapter 10 Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days now this chapter Daniel chapter 10 is set in the third year of King Cyrus's reign so he'd already been stirred in his heart to release God's people um, from captivity and, um, and and at this time, he was continuing to be used by God to send the Jewish people back into the, their land of promise, into Judea. And I, I think this is really significant for us because, get this, three weeks ago, Pastor Randy had it on his heart to call family church in the new year, from the, first of the 21st first of January to a 21-day fast. And... Uh, And and that excites me. I think God is working behind the scenes here. Now, we'll give you more details soon. But when we do fast and pray in January, I, I think it's really important that we spend time praying for our government, for political leaders, that the hearts of those political leaders would be stirred by the Holy Spirit. When God's people returned to their homeland, they moved back in several stages. There was two main stages involved. One of them was was the uh, rebuilding of the temple, which we read about in the book of Ezra. And then the other stage was the rebuilding of the city walls, which we read about in the book of Nehemiah. So I just want to spend a few more minutes now um, just talking about rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the city walls. So we understand if we're going to arise and rebuild, one of the most important things we can do is be people who watch and pray and have fervent love for one another. But next we're going to talk about rebuilding the temple. Which we read about in the book of Ezra. Now, before any of the Jews took back any ground in the region of Judea, they did something. They rebuilt the temple. The temple was rebuilt, and at this time, there was a spiritual awakening amongst the Jewish people. And once again, God dwelt in the midst of his people. I sense in my heart that we're about to enter into a time of spiritual awakening. Perhaps call it a revival, if you like. And and that's not a word I've, I've ever thrown around frivolously, but... As I've been praying and as I've been preparing for this morning, I just really sense there's going to be this incredible time of spiritual awakening that we're about to enter into, where Jesus is truly in the midst of his people, just as when the temple was built, the dwelling place of God in the Old Testament, uh, God was then in the midst of his people once again. And I believe that's going to be for the individual, that Jesus is in the midst of um, individual lives, but also in the midst of the body of believers, the church. And I believe that we are going to uh, come into a time where his presence is known like never before. I can't wait. Individually and as a body of believers, we are called to be temples of God. That's how scripture refers to us. The temple of God, the very dwelling place of God vessels that God wants to fill so that he can touch this world with his presence but it starts with us doesn't it I love this passage in Ephesians 2 verses 19 to 22 it says now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners I I kind of relate that to the, the fact that the Jewish people came out of exile and were back together with God's holy nation once again. They came back together again. So you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, right at the centre of everything we are and everything we do, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So at this time, I believe that we're about to move out of a a time of, of spiritual exile, as it were, Let's make sure, as we do this, we are rebuilding the temple of God. What do I mean by that? How does that happen? Well, first of all, individually, if you have lost the presence of God, if you haven't personally experienced God's presence um, lately, or lost your hunger for God, maybe, then get your life ready to be filled with God's presence again. If there are repairs that need to be done in your own temple personally, Get those repairs done. Get to work. Because um, we're not meant to be broken down, lifeless, cold stone buildings. Through Jesus, we've been made absolutely clean. And, and we are prepared through Christ as dwelling places of God. And if there's anything that you have let into your temple, that has defiled your temple, get that stuff out of your life And be ready once again to be filled with the presence of God. Because I believe that is just about... We're on the brink of something like we've never seen before. And as a church, let's be that holy temple. Let's be that dwelling place of God in a new and a greater way than we have ever seen before. As we rebuild the temple of God, let's ensure that Jesus is at the very centre of his church in all that we do. And that his presence fills this temple like we have never seen before. Exciting times are ahead. It's an exciting time to be a Christian. Exciting time to be a part of family church because I know the people who are involved in leading this church. I'm one of them but I know the others. I know their hearts. I know their passion for Jesus and I know what is building in our hearts as a leadership at this time. We are hungry. We are hungry for all that God wants to do. We are hungry to see the church set on fire like we have never seen it set on fire before. We are ready to lead a pursuit of God's presence with more passion than ever before. We are ready to be consumed by the all-consuming fire that is God himself. Um, And have hearts set on fire for Jesus like we have never seen before. And we are running to his river to drink of the living water like we have never drunk of it before. And I was reminded of of this passage in John chapter 7 where Jesus stands up in the midst of the the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the great day of the feast he stands up and in John 7 verse 37 he shouts out in the midst of the crowd, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink. We'll come to the rest of that passage in a minute but this is the time church, this is the time to get hungry, to get thirsty for God and to come to him and drink. Let's talk about the rebuilding of the city walls. First of all the temple was rebuilt, secondly the city walls were were rebuilt, And we read about that in the book of Nehemiah. Now after the temple had been rebuilt and this spiritual awakening took place amongst the Jewish people, the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt and ground was taken back from the enemy. And that is exactly what we can expect. The spiritual awakening, awakening that we're going to experience will lead us into a time of taking back ground from the enemy. Can I hear an amen? Good, I'll take that. The rebuilding of the temple represents God working in his people. God working in his people. The rebuilding of the city walls represents God working through his people, taking back ground from the enemy. Now, many of you have read Pastor Andy's new book, Soul Winner, and perhaps your heart's are stirred to bring the gospel to your word. If you haven't read the book yet, then make sure you do because it's a needed challenge at this time because the fields are truly ripe and Jesus wants to send you and me out into the field But I believe that we will only be truly effective as soul winners when our lives are overflowing with the presence of God. So that what people witness and hear when they hear us speak about the goodness of God and the incredible sacrifice of Jesus to save the world, when people hear us sharing the good news, I, I believe that we're so much more effective when our lives are just filled with the presence of God when every word that we speak is just dripping with with Holy Spirit power. God's presence in the temple of our lives and in the temple of his church will drive us to take Jesus to the lost and empower us to do that effectively. In the book of Nehemiah, the enemy had taken a lot of ground whilst God's people were in exile, they, they were in captivity. But then when God's people returned, the enemy gloated over them, the enemy mocked them, and the enemy attempted to to destroy their work, but they were unstoppable, because through the rebuilding of the temple... God was now dwelling in the midst of his people again. His presence was with his people. He was moving in his people and he was moving through his people. And there was nothing that the enemy could do to stop what God was doing. I believe that we're about to take ground back, but not just to take ground back, we're about to take new ground. The enemy has stolen and killed and destroyed in these last nine months. And we are going to see restoration and we are going to see new life. We're going to see, as John 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes, uh, not except, except to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come, says Jesus, that you may have life and life in abundance, life in abundance and that is what we're going to see it's not just about what's been lost to the enemy it's about taking new ground as well and in these times the church is going to take new ground we are going to go we're going to go faster and further into this world than we have ever seen before i love the passage in isaiah 43 that speaks of rivers in the desert it's actually that same passage that talks about how god's doing a new thing And it's going to happen now. Now it's going to come to pass. A road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When I think of rivers in the desert, I think of ground being taken for God. I think of the Spirit of God flooding um, this earth. The result of us drinking of the living water of God's Spirit is that rivers of living water will flow out of our lives. Remember that passage we just read from John 7 verse 37? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And then it goes on in verse 38, John seven thirty-eight It says um, that he who believes, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So there's the work that God wants to do in us, which is represented by the rebuilding of the temple and the work that God wants to do through us, which is represented by the rebuilding of the city walls. There's the infilling and the outflowing of what God wants to do. Remember Ezekiel 47, we in the chapters leading up to that, we read about this incredible temple that has been restored where God dwells in the midst of his people once again. And from that temple, a river flows out, that brings life and healing wherever it goes. Ezekiel 47 verse 9 says this. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. Love that picture, that out of the temple, the temple of this life, the temple of God's church, out of that temple flows this incredible river that wherever it goes brings life. How does that river flow out of the temple? Well, that river flows into the temple first. We're just a vessel. We're, we're carrying God to this world around us. And this is a wonderful picture of what we can expect in these last times. And just wrapping up now. God's temple, his people, his church, filled with his presence. His presence flowing out to the world around us, bringing life and healing to the land, taking back ground that the enemy has stolen. If you want to be in the middle of what God is doing, make sure you're watching and praying. Make sure you're ready to arise and rebuild. God is about to do a work in his people and through his people I believe like we have never seen before. Praise God. If you're watching this today and you've never made a decision for Jesus, you've never said, yes, Jesus, I put my faith in you. I believe in you. I want you to be my Lord and my saviour. Then right now, I want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with God. The wonderful thing is that the only thing thing it takes on your part is this is to say i don't want to live the old way anymore i don't want to live in sin anymore i want to live in a relationship with jesus and it just simply takes you putting your faith in jesus jesus is the one who was sent from god in heaven into this world to live in this world as a human being just like you and me but he lived perfectly when he went to the cross he took all of the sin of the world Upon himself, everything that you and I and the rest of the world had ever done that ever offended God, that ever hurt the heart of God, that was ever um, substandard according to God's law. And Jesus took it upon himself and he paid the price for our sin. He took the punishment for you and me so that we could be made right before God. Jesus died on the cross, he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead. He proved that. God is the living God. He proved that he is the living Christ, the living saviour, that when we die, when we leave this world, if you've put your faith in Jesus, your life will go on in heaven. You'll have relationship with God for eternity. But it starts now through a simple prayer that I'd like you to pray after me if you'd like to say yes to Jesus this morning. So would you just bow your heads and just say these words after me. Say, dear Father, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make me new. I surrender to you and ask you to be Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honours you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. And that is the truth. God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love and he wants you on his team. If you prayed that prayer this morning, then why don't you uh, send me an email, stuart at family.church. Stuart, spout my strange way, S-T-E-U-A-R-T at family.church. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. For tuning in today thank you for watching i pray that you're challenged i pray that you will be a people who are watching and praying a people who are ready to rise arise and rebuild a people who will experience this wave of god's spirit at this time as we rebuild the temple as we rebuild the city walls that we're going to be a people who take ground like we've never seen before god bless you have a wonderful day